I want to talk, as you might have guessed from that scripture, about wisdom. It seems uh, to me that these are, there's never a time when we don't need wisdom, but these are days particularly where wisdom is something all of us are in need of. Um, lockdown had its, had its own challenges. We had to try and work out how do we do everything we normally do differently. Or, or, but in, in some ways, a lot of the decisions were taken out of our hands because we were just told, unless we were key workers, uh, that we just had to stay at home and we just had to figure it out from there. But we, a lot of decisions were removed from us. Now that things are beginning to open up a little bit more, um, there are more possibilities for us. And so we're finding, um, I know I am, that we're having to make decisions that are now a spectrum. And it's kind of in, in some sense within obviously the restrictions were given, uh, it's more of a, a question of, of choice. And um, I know, for example, a whole, whole load of my friends who are parents uh, in the last three or four weeks have had the big debate around do we send our kids back to school or do we not send them back to school? Um, I'm aware for some of you that wasn't even a debate. It was yes, bye-bye, uh, see you at three o'clock. But for, for lots, actually, there was quite a discussion around it. And um, Mike's mentioned that we as a church team are trying to work that through about how do we open up in a way that is going to allow us to meet together and encourage one another, but at the same time um, being really realistic and careful about the, uh, the situation that we find ourselves in. Then there'll be other stuff. Um, you know, it might be you're someone who employs people and you've got to work out, do I bring them back from furlough? And if so, when? Uh, for others, it will be a question of how do I find a job in a really challenging economy? For some of us, we'll need wisdom for how do we help our friends who are really struggling with their mental or emotional health through this? How do we help our elderly parents adjust to uh, whatever is coming next? How do we parent our kids through it? Um, one, one big question I have is, is how do we hold on to the benefits of, of what we've just found through a slower pace of life over the last few months? That seems to me to be one of the big positives that lots of people have said. I've just enjoyed having a little bit more time. How do we hold on to those benefits as life begins to gather pace again? So for all of those things, what we need is we need wisdom. And um, personally, I feel like I'm lacking in it, which is probably why I found myself coming back to this passage in James. I'm just going to read a little bit of it uh, again to you. But just before I do, what wisdom is in the Bible is, it, is it's different from knowledge or intelligence. Uh, it's that saying, this isn't a quote from scripture, but uh, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. In, in the Bible, wisdom is about how to live well, um, how to choose rightly, how to, how to discern the path to life. And so what that means is that someone can get really top marks on an exam and be very intelligent and, you know, an expert in their, in their field and still be, in biblical terms, foolish. And in the same way, we don't need to have any qualifications, but we can, in the Bible's eyes, be wise if we learn to, um, to choose well according to what God says is the way of life. And uh, if you're feeling like you are lacking in wisdom, this is what James says. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. I love that because it's so simple. Um, and what he's getting at is that the good news is we do not have to do this on our own. We're in a time that, that no, no one in our, 
in our lifetime has, has had to try and navigate. And everybody is scrambling around, trying to do the best they can. But as followers of Jesus, we do not need to do this on our own because we follow Jesus. So what we do is we get to do this with him, hand in hand with him. And, and, and when we get that, what this time can become, as well as being a tremendous challenge, is it can become an opportunity for intimacy. You know, when James wrote this letter, he was writing to Jesus' people who were being persecuted, many of them. That's why he starts the letters we just heard with consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the believers were going through trials of many kinds. And uh, as, we, as we go through this journey and this trial, we need, that's why he comes on to talk about wisdom straight away, wisdom to know how to navigate it well. What's comforted me is recognizing that we don't have a map of how to make our decisions and where to go next because no one's been here before but we do have something better, which is we have a guide. We don't have a map, but we have a guide. And I kind of picture it a little like if you're standing on the edge of a maze, and instead of there being one entrance, there's 50 entrances to this maze. And we know that five of the 50 are completely the wrong entrance. They go to a dead end. But the other 45, it's like, well, they, you know, they kind of lead in the right direction. They're not necessarily wrong. You know, we might get there in a roundabout way if, if we're trying to get to a place of wholeness or freedom or peace or security, they might lead us there. But what you really want in a situation where you've got all these options, a whole spectrum of different things that you could choose, is someone who's just got a nose for the right way. Someone who can sniff out, this path is, is taking us where we want to go. Someone who's got that instinct. We have the Lord Jesus, the fount of all knowledge and wisdom, by our side, going ahead of us, and we get to do it with him. And so James says, if you're lacking in wisdom, ask God. And then he goes on to say, and he will give generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Uh, I was at the cafe on Wednesday, and I need to tell you that the, the, the Greek food, now normally I don't uh, publicly compliment Mike, but uh, in this one, I can't help myself. The Greek food is incredible. And I've been saying that, I feel like, for years with Mike's tendency towards giving food away. Um, his kitchen during, during lockdown has become basically a factory for Greek food where he's been making Greek dishes and dropping them off to neighbors and giving them to, to various people. And on Wednesday, he did not disappoint. So he turned up at the warehouse at 5.30 in the morning, would you believe, um, in order to put the lamb on. And he slow cooked this lamb all the way through. So that by the time it was lunchtime, it had been cooking for hours and it was beautifully kind of tender and it just fell off the bone. He made this magaroni di forno uh, with I don't know how many different types of cheese, but it was a lot of cheese. And, uh, and then there was all this other stuff. There, was, there were Greek sausages that had been soaked in wine. There was, and I, I chatted with people who, uh, who had eaten. Not a single person that I spoke to had managed to finish everything on their plate and uh, all their large side plate, which they were also given hummus and olives and tzatziki and everything else. And uh, a number of them said to me, do you know, Andy, I've been hearing you talk about Mike's food for years, and uh, now I finally tasted it for myself. I realized you weren't exaggerating. I've heard the stories, but now I've tasted it, I believe. Um, and uh, so book in, if you can, if you get the chance, to the evening cafe in a couple of weeks where he'll be cooking and you can experience that yourself. But he's just generous. He can't help himself. It's his nature. Um, in the same way that Mike is with food, God is with wisdom. 
and in so many other ways as well, with forgiveness, with grace, with kindness. But when, when we come to him and we understand, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, that he is generous, then we'll, we'll begin to appreciate that when we ask him for wisdom, God, I don't know what to do here. I want to go on the path to life. I want to do what you would want me to do. I want to do what you would do in this situation, but I don't know. We can come and pray that confidently, knowing that he will speak to us and he will show us. And I suppose where I want to land with the the bit of time I've got left is to ask the question, all right, given that it is a given that God will guide us, that he's promised to do that, he's promised to give us wisdom, how might he answer my prayer? How might he give me wisdom? Because I know for me, sometimes I've been hesitant to ask God for wisdom. Number one, because sometimes I'm, I'm, I, I struggle to realize just how generous he is. But once I get over that and I realize the reality of who he is, the second thing that sometimes causes me to hesitate is, I don't know how, you know, I can sometimes find it hard to hear him. And that's why it can be tempting for us so often to go to other places for advice. You know, I'll go to YouTube, how to make this life decision, or, or how to do this. What, what does the latest TED talk say? Or what's this latest article in a magazine going to tell me about how to live well? And it's not that those things are bad. You can pick up some helpful stuff for them. It's just they're a poor substitute for, um, for our Father in heaven. So how does he speak to us and how might he guide us if we're asking him for wisdom? There's a number of ways, and I'm just going to go through a few. Um, And I expect for some of us this will just be a reminder rather than something that's new. But but here they are. First way that God might speak to us if we're looking to him for wisdom is through the Bible, is through his book. Um, You know, we, we read in Psalm 19, verse 7, that what the Bible does, the statutes of the Lord, it says, are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And when we, when we spend time in Scripture, not as a one-off, but as a regular thing, if we come back to the Bible regularly and we immerse ourselves in it, then what happens is, because the Bible points us to God and it reveals to us his ways and the way that he, the way that he thinks, we learn to understand who he is and how we're to live. It makes us wise. Um, the Bible gives us this kind of this universal truth that's always true. But also, one of the things that I think is incredible about the Bible is that it is a living book. It's living and active. It's the only living book you'll ever read. And as we engage with it, what we're doing is we're engaging with the author of the Bible, and he will speak to us through it. And so the way that that happens often, for me, is that I'll be reading it, and what do you know, a verse happens to jump off the page, like you've opened a jack-in-the-box and it just kind of hits you. Um, and it just happens to speak into what I'm trying to work out or what I'm wrestling with. Or it might be not just a verse, but sometimes a principle of Scripture might jump out at us. So maybe you're in a position where you're, you're running a business or you, you're in a position where you're looking for a job or you're trying to work out how do I, how do I parent my parent who is elderly and struggling in this time What principles uh, can we learn from the scripture? There are so many. And, um, you know, people often ask the question, well, what would Jesus do? Well, it's really hard to know what Jesus would do if we don't know what Jesus did. And if we get into the Bible and we begin to, again, re-familiarize ourselves 
with the stories of our Saviour and our King and how he did life so very well, then what we'll find is the Holy Spirit will highlight particular principles to us and they'll guide us as we're looking to make decisions today. Um, a little while ago, I had to have a conversation I wasn't looking forward to. Um, it was someone who's not anything to do with our church, but an older person um, who was very cross with me and who I was a little bit cross with as well, if I'm honest. And I was driving to what was going to be quite an explosive um, conversation. And I was pretty het up and I was a bit of a young fool and I was going to go in there and give, give him a piece of my mind. And I remember just that morning I opened up my Bible and the reading uh, for, for the day was from Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, I can't remember what the verse was, verse 1, first verse I read. And it just said, um, when you're talking to an older man, speak to him as if you're speaking to your own father, gently. And I remember just that verse jumped out at me and it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And it changed the way that I approached the whole conversation. And I'm so grateful because I would have made an idiot of myself if I hadn't had God's wisdom to guide me. So he speaks to us through his book. The second way that the Father will speak to us is through his Holy Spirit. Um, we don't do this on our own because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And Jesus talks about the Spirit is given to comfort us, but also to guide us and to remind us of his truth. And so often, if we look at the first believers who remember we're going through persecution, so often what we see when we read um, some of their story in the book of Acts is that the Spirit of God would intervene and would guide them, show them where to go and where not to go, uh, who to pray for and how to pray for them. That there's so many occasions where you see the Spirit of God leading them. Um, the Acts of the Apostles, probably a better name for it, is the Acts of the Holy Spirit because although the Holy Spirit worked through the Apostles in the early church, the Holy Spirit was leading and was empowering. And that reality is the same for us today. So if we as the church are going to navigate a time that no one else has ever had to live through, where well, we don't know what we're doing, the best way we can do that is by listening to the voice of the Spirit. So when we pray, um, it, it, it's a conversation. It's a, these are the things I'm struggling with, Father. These are the issues. I don't know. And we can pray anywhere, at any time, doing the washing up, driving the car. This is what I'm chewing over. And, uh, and, but also what we want to do in those times is, is listen. Um, is there anything that God might be saying to us? And when we're talking about listening, it, it's um, generally not an audible voice the way that God speaks to us. It might be just a thought that's not our thought comes into our head and we think, oh, that's odd. Um, sometimes it's like a butterfly landing on your shoulder and taking off again. You almost don't notice it. It's a whisper. It might be a little nudge might be a reminder of something you read a little while ago or of a person that you might want to ring. Um, but it can come into us, into our hearts like a little whisper. And what I've found with that is, I'm like, is that Lord or not? I'm not sure. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll then just say, God, is this you? Um, it's like I'm throwing it up to heaven to see if it comes back again. And again, as, he, as we learn to hear his voice, he will speak to us and guide us. I read a little while ago the story of a, a guy who was a policeman and he found himself heading to uh, a situation where there had been domestic abuse. And that's one of the worst situations uh, you can go into as a police officer, he was saying. And um, he just found himself driving there and praying. And the problem he had is that he had been a, a police officer for 10 years, but he'd been a Christian for only one. 
and he was trying to work out how can I, how, what am I meant to do, God, in this situation? And uh, he just asked the Lord to guide him. And sometimes what we'll find is when we're asking for wisdom, we've got time to wait and to discern and to ponder. But other times it's in the moment we need the Lord to guide us. And so that's what, that was what it was for him. In the moment, he just prayed. And uh, as he walked into the house, there was the perpetrator and the victim in the house. And he said, this guy was saying, in the police force, there's a lot of kudos for making an arrest like this. So the temptation, of course, is to just rush straight in and, uh, and make the arrest. But he just felt like God spoke to him and just said, your first priority is to get the victim out of here. So that's what he and his colleague decided to do. So they took the victim they removed them from the environment. They took them to a safe situation. And only after they had they'd, they'd done that, they came back uh, and they arrested the perpetrator. And the perpetrator went with them very, very quietly. But he said as he was going, if you tried to arrest me when you first arrived, I would have done everything I could to resist arrest. And that police officer would say it was the Holy Spirit in that moment giving him wisdom. What I find is I'm often, when I'm talking with people or listening to people, having also a conversation with God. God, is there anything you want me to say? I don't know what to say. Can, can you give me some tips? Um, the Holy Spirit is here and he speaks to us. Third and the final way, really briefly, that the Lord gives us wisdom is uh, I find he often speaks to me through other people who know him. And he can speak in all sorts of ways. Um, but particularly if I want to know what God thinks about something, I'll go to people who I know have got a relationship with Jesus and I'll just ask them what I think, whether that's a connect group uh, that I'm a part of for a time or it's a friend. And um, I found that if I'm lacking in life experience in an area, there's usually someone else whose life experience I can borrow. One of the big questions I'm wrestling through personally at the moment is how to be a dad. I'm five years into the journey and um, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And what I will always do whenever I talk to someone who's got kids who are grown up um, is uh, I'll, say to, I'll ask them questions. I'll always say to them, tell me, you know, as a dad, what do you think you did well? Tell me what you thought you did badly. What was the key to, to building relationship? And I've got a whole list of stuff now that, that I've learned from people who have been there before me and, and gone ahead of me. And uh, again, in the book of Acts, you see them doing this. They would discuss with one another. At one point in Acts 15, where they're trying to work out a really difficult problem, they come to a conclusion. And in the letter that they write to the churches, they say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Where I finish is this. God is to us a good father. And like any good father, when he sees his kids struggling, when he sees us confused, when he sees us so wanting to get it right, but just not knowing what that looks like, he is eager to help us. It's his delight to do that. We don't have to do this alone. He's with us. Ask him for wisdom. Turn it into a conversation. Listen to him and he will guide us. How do we know that? Because he gives wisdom generously to all. And James says, it will be given to you.